welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. The one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. Well, thank you again, Paul, for the introduction. And hey, thanks everybody for tuning in to Demand Gen Radio. This is our second episode of 2017. And today I am joined by a member of my consulting team, Mr. Will Waugh. Will, how are you? I'm doing great, Dave. Thanks so much for having me. You know, long-time listener, first-time participant. I'm very excited about it. I know you have crossed the bridge from listener to to guest today, which is awesome. Thank you for joining me. Um, You know, for those of you who don't know Will, Will has been with us for over a year now, and he's been working very much focused on helping clients prioritize their marketing technology initiatives. He also leads a lot of roadmapping engagements with clients and also provides a lot of lead management consulting sessions uh, to help our clients map out their whole demand generation processes from click to close. And it's that last specialty of wills which is where we're going to focus today uh, in our session called how the pros do lead management so we're going to demystify and kind of peel back these five key areas and so will thanks again for joining me today should we jump right in yeah let's do it dave absolutely all right so will let's start off with step number one which is process alignment and kind of dig in there and maybe share some stories from the trenches um so so for everyone listening you know to have a really effective lead management system in place and system being both technology and how you operationalize it between sales and marketing it really starts with process and so will i'd like you to kind of tee things off and and talk about that you know process that you go through of establishing process uh, with with our clients. Maybe talk about uh, a recent engagement. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will say um, we, we typically want to talk both to the marketing stakeholders and the sales stakeholders, right? So that's, that's our first real step as far as how do we see where the misalignment is. And that, that is always very telling. In many cases, we see the, the, the effect it has downstream as well. No one's able to report on things. Uh, no one has an accurate definition of what their leads are. Uh, everyone uses different language for different things. So, so it can be a real mess. What I'm most surprised about, honestly, is um, the, the, the real dichotomy between all the different types of companies out there, right? We, we deal mostly in the B2B space um, with companies of, of varying sizes. So you might think, hey, the, the smaller ones, they don't really have anything in place. The bigger ones probably, you know, they have something, but maybe it's dated. And that could there could be nothing further from the truth there, really. And in some cases, you have small ones that have put a lot of energy towards it. In some cases, have just completely over-processed it. We, we have in a, you know, some small software and service companies that we've seen that with. And then we have these multi-billion dollar companies that have multiple divisions and have never really thought about lead management, right? They've just kind of run their businesses in their silos and made do with whatever processes, processes they have. And, and they might even have, you know, the, the best in breed systems in place. They might have your Eloqua Marketo uh, and your Salesforce for your CRM they, they, and, and a huge marketing stack as well. So it, it, you see a little bit of everything. I mean, probably probably hasn't changed much. Not, not a lot has changed. You and I just got together. 
uh, for an engagement that was about three, four months ago. So you and I got together in a room, right? And we sat down with a client and started talking with them about what their clip-to-close process was. And like you said, a lot of organizations, it's that throw-it-over-the-wall mentality, right? The demand gen happens by marketing. They generate the leads, and then they just pass those leads, you know, into the CRM, pass the leads over to sales and kind of hope for the best. And that's very common, right? When people just get marketing automation or don't have marketing automation, the model. So, you know, you're very effective. I remember the slides that you put together that really kind of outlined for folks each, you know, that, that manufacturing demand, like is this process of getting response, but moving them along, you know, through these different stages so that, you know, marketing does have a level of ownership and responsibility at certain um, areas. And, and so does, so does sales, which, which kind of moves us to the next um, step, which is establishing a lead management taxonomy, right? The process piece looks like how do things literally go from click to close and really mapping out all those different touch points uh, that a lead goes through, both systematically as well as, you know, the people that are involved, marketing, lead management, sales, you know, what what have you, you know, like lead dev team. So once we understand that process, you know, Will will take a client through a taxonomy exercise. And you, you touched on this. You talked about everybody doesn't necessarily have the same definition for a lead. So narrate through that taxonomy process because uh, I don't think folks that have been, you know, folks that haven't been through it don't know what it what it looks like. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, as a note, I, gosh, I wish I, I had this when, when I was setting this up back in my previous life when I was uh, a marketer. You know, so as part of these interviews, we, you know, as we, we call it a discovery process and, and um, we come back to our clients with, uh, you know, a, a, a first draft of, of what we kind of call a taxonomy. It's, it's, it's pretty thorough. Uh, it's not for the light of heart by any means. And it basically covers all these holes. So what's interesting about it is even those companies that think they have it right, which the, for instance, you know, you're, you're familiar with that type. In fact, I think the one you sat in on, they, they thought they had a pretty good handle. Um, you really start to uh, identify gaps. You identify um, what's missing. And, and more than anything, honestly, um, and, and this really is the key, is identifying SLAs, right? Service level agreements between marketing and between sales. Who owns what? Who own, how long do they own it for? Where, you know, it's it's basically building out a common language for the business. I, I I use that a lot just because it's like everybody should know. Hey, when I talk about MQLs, what does that mean? When I talk about recycled leads, what does that mean? Does everybody understand what that means? But the service level agreements specifically, um, it's key that everybody is owning them. They're breeding them. And that, you know, it's operationalized in their systems, right? Because uh, it's always nice when, when marketing sales get together, agree on something, but then it's like they, they go away and, yeah, whatever, status quo. Um, so the key there, again, is uh, really, really making sure those SLAs are, are operational and moving. Um, the other part, too, I'd say that, that really is key is, is identifying that handoff. And, and, you know, where that really breaks down primarily is is between you know when marketing says a, a lead is is qualified and when sales needs to accept it and start working it and that's usually what takes the longest um, but I will say you know i've I've been in an, a number of these meetings over the last year these workshops that we hold 
you do see these these everybody kind of comes into the room and it's a little bit of a therapy session, right? Yeah, um, definitely. You see their their body language is <laughs> is pretty it's pretty tight. Um, you see kind of there's you know sales sits on one side of the room, marketing sits on the other side, IT maybe or the you know the other folks that might be there you know somewhere in the middle. And but they, by the end of the day, you do you see people go, oh yeah yeah okay that all makes sense yeah okay why why haven't we been been doing this before? It is. It's a lot of it's a lot of marriage and family counseling for for sales and marketing. And like you say, you know, we coined the phrase demand funnel, right? If you search Google or any of the search engines right. for demand funnel, um, all of our methodologies and frameworks and, and imagery comes up around that. And it was really our way of saying, hey, listen, you know, sales has always had a pipeline for years, so they really know what's moving from stage X to stage you know Z in terms of you know the likelihood of business closing. But you couldn't see further up that previously in in marketing and so the demand funnel was a way to kind of elongate and extend the process from inquiry all the way to closed one and so as you you're exactly right i mean i remember watching you in the workshop this one that we did a few months ago and you were up at the board and talking with marketing about their key stages and establishing the inquiry stage and then that mql you know marketing qualified lead stage and then sales was talking about their stages and there was that big gap it was like the grand canyon between where marketing was handing off so it looked like almost like they had a funnel taxonomy but it really was just marketing saying hey not everything's a lead but when it is we give it to you and then sales using their pipeline process and we closed that gap so we could really understand you know where the handoff takes place and that that baton passing all right so process alignment right and and you mentioned earlier thanks for bringing it up will sometimes i forget that we did write the book on this stuff manufacturing demand is the name of the book it's at manufacturingdemand.com or you can go to demandgen.com and grab it out of our resources area and i like to kid around that i am on the new york times best giver list if there was one because we do give it out for free (laughs) in a digital copy so definitely encourage people to to grab a copy of that in fact well, we've got three more key stages that we want to cover, but why don't we take a quick commercial break, give people a chance to go to demandgen.com as they're listening to that, maybe grab a copy of the book, and we will be right back in just a minute. Have you ever felt that you're not getting the most out of your marketing automation system? Well, you're not alone. But there is an answer, an award-winning agency called DemandGen that can not only get your team out of batch and blast mode, but turn your team into high-performance marketers that drive more revenue and have the kind of results you're looking for. They also have a marketing dashboard to show it. Experts in Marketo, Eloqua, Salesforce, and dozens of other top marketing technology, the folks at DemandGen have helped hundreds of the top marketing teams around the country, and they can do the same for you. So stop feeling stressed. Check out their services at demandgen.com, just like it sounds, demandgen.com. And while you're there, be sure and visit their resource section, which is chock full of videos, free templates, and downloadable guides, all of which will help you be a better marketer. If you need a team that will get you to the next level, there's one waiting. They're just a click away. Demandgen.com. All right, now back to our program. 
Okay, well, welcome back. Hope you had a chance to download a copy of our book because there's a lot of great information that goes a lot deeper than Will and I are going to cover today in terms of what this whole lead management process is. So, Will, we left off at the lead management taxonomy, and now we want to jump into lead scoring as the next step. And, you know, chapter five in the book is all about lead scoring. And lead scoring is, is really critical for a couple reasons. The reason that we want to do lead scoring, uh, when you have a marketing automation system and when you want to do really effective lead management is probably twofold. One is you want to evaluate slash prioritize the leads for sales. And I'm going to ask Will to really talk a little bit about, um, you know, some case studies there in a second. But by prioritizing, we're going to make sales more efficient, right? Not every lead um, should get the same level of priority and, and focus. In fact, I just had someone reach out to me, texted me this morning and said, hey, we uh, are just about to get Marketo. Um, Dave, would you your team be interested in doing our Marketo deployment for us? And the answer to that is yes. You know, I don't need to evaluate that lead. I know this contact. We've, we've worked with him. And, you know, the... The service that he needs is is you know square. So you know that's not an inquiry in an MQL that is ready to get handed off to sales. But that's not how most demand is generated, right? Most demand comes through your website or through your campaign. So lead scoring allows you to prioritize um, using the models that we'll get into. The second reason, and I think this is sometimes not as well known, is that when you have a lead scoring system, you need to take the low scoring leads, the people who haven't shown a lot of interest uh, primarily, and put them through nurture programs uh, to get them more and more engaged. So, Will, you know, I've done, I don't know, 70 probably lead scoring workshops uh, over the course of the 10 years and, you know, handed the baton to my trusted team at some point to do that. And I do like sitting uh, in. But, you know, why don't you walk the the listeners through a little bit of what that lead scoring uh, modeling process looks like? Yeah, yeah, sure, Dave. Thanks. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Lead scoring's gotten pretty sophisticated these days, right? The way, the way, um, with, with predictive lead scoring and, and I can tell you, you know, I just, I recently did a, a client lead scoring, uh, project with a, with a, a larger software, uh, services provider. Um, but I, I, you know, I always fundamentally go back to, look, you need to have a very good understanding of what a lead is and that needs to be defined across both sales and marketing. So the process I typically take, and, and again, this is a great bonding experience for those two functions, right? Especially if they're they're disjointed because it, it just it gets them together to kind of talk about the business. Um, so the process again, we, we go through a discovery process. We we interview the stakeholders that are participating, and we we break it down into fundamentally um, two real model, a two two kind of a two dimensional model that we that is in how we look at um, uh, our, you know from the standpoint of all our different uh, uh, clients. So we'll take we'll, we'll we'll look at it in two ways. We'll look at the qualification side, right? And so that's that's effectively how marketers have been marketing for years. Who is it? What you know? What level are they? What type of industry are they in? Um, what type of you know? What what things are they? That, that, do they? Sh- that do you know that, or you can get from a data service provider that says I want to do business with them? But then the the, the key part, and, and again, really, where marketing automation opened my eyes so many years ago was the the interest dimension, and that's the part where they kind of tell you, well, do we want to do business with you? Um, and that that brings in, I mean, that's that's you know getting more and more, you know, 
complicated as we go forward. But, but you know, for the most part, it's what are they doing on your website, right? Recency, depth, you know, all the different components. How many different how many different pages have they gone to that have some sort of high value content on them? Um, what what sort of campaigns are they engaging with? Are they opening your email or are they clicking through rather your emails? Um, so that that's really the the model that. I look at it as you got to have that. If you don't have that to start with, don't don't try any of the other fancy stuff. You got to build out a fundamental lead scoring model. And honestly, I don't think that has changed um, over since since we've been able to do lead scoring. Right, the original kind of functionality of of, of Eloqua when I first saw it was lead scoring, lead nurturing. Right, and the most um, the most and, basic. And, uh, know, oh, right? sorry. Go ahead, Will. Yeah, right, Dave. Like the 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 two kind of key functions. That's that's what I was excited about. Right? Is that is that how you saw it too? Yeah, it's it's not it's not changed, but it's evolved. And so the the basics in terms of like you said, determining, you know, what makes a how do you separate between let's say an inquiry and MQL? And you could separate simply on digital body language, level of interest, right? How engaged they are. But those opportunities where we can use qualification criteria and incorporate that into the model because of the questions that they're asking on forms or as you said, you know, the the data that we can append through third party tools and such. Um, that that those that two dimensional model is certainly alive and well today. What's been phenomenal is over the last let's call it year. Some people call it, by the way, predictive. Some people are now calling it AI. But being able to incorporate a lot of machine learning into the models is very powerful. And we've we've first seen that show up right in ad retargeting. We there's a lot of great technology that basically says, hey, these are the people that I want to market to and remarket um, to. So you know, you go to a site, you take a look at something on Amazon, you don't quite make a purchase, you go to another site, and boom, you're seeing ads for products um, that you still might be interested in or similar products. So Amazon's trying to bring you back um, because you know you you um, you didn't purchase. And then, you know, in B2B, uh, we're able to take the same type of approach and get people to, to engage with different content and, you know, drive up those, those interest scores. And as they get more and more interested, uh, to raise the priority of them and the lead score for, for sales. So lead scoring, yeah, it's, um, it is, it's an art and it's a science and the technology around the science is getting better and better uh, each year. So let's uh, let's move on to the step number four because we covered process as kind of the base foundation, and we talked about establishing a lead management taxonomy or what we call the demand funnel, and then now using scoring and and you're you know saying two dimensional model still there today. And I'm talking about you know I see more and more predictive getting incorporated. Uh, and so how do you separate if if you've separated the inquiries and the MQLs or you're now, you know, moving to a sales accepted lead and you want to support the buying process by maintaining engagement, right? We move to to nurturing. And nurturing to me is much more of an art than a science, right? Because how you construct a nurture is is really very subjective. You have to do it based on what your experiences are. And we have a lot of people on the team that support you that are exceptional in nurturing strategy and not just nurturing okay. with email but but omni channel nurturing, right? Because we've got the ability to sure. do text messaging today, push notifications and incorporate web and personalized content. So I am curious. I haven't done as much nurture consulting as I certainly have used to. Um, anything that you're seeing these days that uh, our listeners would get value on and how to approach nurtures? I'm thinking like the length of nurtures and the 
different types of touch points and the content strategy around nurturing? What's, what's happening out there in the world? Yeah, yeah. So, so first off, you know, nurture was my first love as it came to automation. I, I go back to, I think it was 2008 when I launched my first nurture program, which I know uh, makes me a novice compared to you because you, you basically were like one of the first people, I think, to start nurture, right? Um, I, I, I find nurture to be really interesting. I, you know, we are still setting up people um, from, from the ground up, but some of the more sophisticated marketers, as you mentioned, Dave, um, are, are, are really building out what they're calling a nurture ecosystem, um, which does, which does fundamentally touch that omni-channel kind of world, right? I, I think you've, you had an episode where you, you talked with PFL, so, right, and Nurture incorporates even good old direct mail yep. uh, and promotional pieces and dimensional mailers. Um, we're, we're also another partner of ours, Vidyard, where you can use video now, and that, that can be incorporated into Nurture a little more cleanly than it has been able to in the past, right? That was always a real kind of tough one for people hosting video making sure you know getting getting any sort of accountability out of it so I, I think primarily that's what I'm seeing is 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 more and more people trying to trying to make it that kind of omni-channel world where when it comes to number of touches and and the the, the type of content um, you know I think the real key there is testing um, and what the pros are really doing there is and we're helping them with you know uh, you know lead nurture analysis and um, you know help them with their content development as we as we build out their frameworks and their ecosystems and we're giving them a ton of tips and, and again I, I go back to your book you have a ton of great content tips in there on what type of content works what what to look at right that art component you know what works better does a research report work better does a article work better etc um, and you have a lot of great points there because man you can go down into a black hole there so we we do have a you know kind of methodology to, to, to help people through with a with a workbook that kind of says, okay, let's, you know, let's list out everything you have. Let's, you know, just give us a content dump because we know marketers, they are just, they're just, in most cases, they got more content than they know what to do with. Yeah, content. So it's yeah. really those two extremes, right? <laughs> yeah, either, either, either I have plenty, I've got this treasure trove of content that I haven't maybe utilized or, or used effectively, or I've got, I've got nothing. But I think the key point for the listeners is take away that it's not just an email world anymore. And you've got all these no. great different channels that you can use from a retargeting perspective. You've got, like you said, print on demand and direct mail. You've got text. You've got the ability to produce content. I mean, I did some personal experiments in the last part of 2016. I, I started a little vlog just on the personal side of my life and made six episodes to really just sharpen my saw on these video tools and video skills to create it. And, you know, if I can produce, you know, six 10-minute videos that actually are fairly entertaining, I think. There's there's no reason that a marketing department today with uh, the tools that are available can't utilize video content. Like you said, folks like Vidyard who can host that uh, and, and serve up that content in the emails and landing pages. All right, let's hit the last one, the holy grail, the reporting side. So this is this is key step number five in effective lead management is having reporting, right? We've got to know how the factory is, is running. And this is an area where both Will and I share a lot of passion, a lot of expertise. And, you know, I, I think the thing, Will, that we want to say is you got to have reporting, the obvious, which means whether it's Excel or a specific solution that's designed for reporting, you know, funnel reporting, or or a BI tool, you know, there is crawl, 
walk and run. You need something. It's it's unacceptable in today's day and age to not have a reporting uh, framework and to be doing that on a regular and consistent basis. And what you want to report on, I talk in the book about the four C's, um, but really for this lead management focus today, and tell me if I leave anything out, Will, the key thing is, is you want to keep inventory of what's in your funnel, right? You want to know a count of your inquiries and MQLs and SALs. You want to know the velocity of movement down the funnel and your conversion rates. And by tracking inventory and movement, that's going to give you know either your head of demand gen or the CMO or whoever's reporting this out really what the, the factory production volume is. And that since, since part of that factory is sales, now you've got a full view of you know, production And rather than just looking at opportunities that are in some stage of a sales process, you can see what is moving um, towards the sales team and at the rate that it's moving. And and that's really the key thing. And we've got lots of examples on our site and the blog and other resource areas of dashboards. And certainly you can reach out to us if you want to dig in. And and again, there's tons of great content uh, in the book. So those are the five key steps. Uh, Will and the team is out there every day making it a reality for our clients. Will, I want to thank you for, for joining me and just you know touching through those because you know it, it's too easy to get tired of our own content uh, in these areas. And there's so many new people that are getting marketing automation every day and so many companies that have marketing automation that really haven't fully leveraged it. So thank you, my friend. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate the uh, opportunity to join you today. And I encourage everybody, you know, share a replay of today's episode uh, to your colleagues and peers so that they get inspired to take on these lead management initiatives. Feel free to get the word out about the book and definitely get the word out about Demand Gen Radio uh, itself. It's been great to see all the listeners keep continuing to tune in. And uh, that concludes this episode. I want to thank everyone for joining us. This is your host, Dave Lewis. Thank you, Will. And I want to remind everybody to make marketing matter most in your organization. Farewell. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.